The old self is powerless. It can only follow its desires and it is controlled by those desires of sin. It leads to death. But the new self, free from condemnation, the new self does not rely on self but relies on the Holy Spirit. The following is from Rock of Ages, Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock-solid hope in Rim Country. Romans 8, Selected Verses, March 2020. There was a man about eight years ago who was brought out of a life of homelessness and life on the street to suddenly being in the limelight. He was dubbed the man with the golden voice. And he became famous and got a new job and life was very different for him. Only this man, a few months after acquiring this newfound fame, found himself struggling as he fell back into his old habits of addiction and abusing substances. When you hear about this man, though, and he talks and you listen to the interviews, you hear how he mentions, I don't know what exactly type of belief he has, but he mentions he's a Christian. Can that be? Can a child of God be someone who's struggling with an addiction? I went to a workshop once that was hosted by our church body, and it was called The Child of God and Addiction. Can that be? Well, this morning we look at the words of the Apostles Paul as we continue to look at contrast in his letters. And in Romans chapter 8, we see a, a strong contrast that exists within the life of God's children. It's one between the old self and the new self. Certainly, what person could ever claim to be free from being under the label of a recovering addict? What Christian could say that they're not a recovering addict? After all, isn't addiction a yearning to, to something that you have to continue to go back to? Isn't it a feeling of loss of control, a desire, an appetite? What is addiction, after all, if you take it in the very broadest sense, except for a controlling desire? The Apostle Paul talks about his struggles just before chapter 8 in Romans, as he says, the good I want to do, I don't do. But no, the, the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Paul's struggle. He calls struggle against the old self. That sinful mind which rules every human being. We've seen this, right? You've, you've probably seen that controlling desire take over someone's life. You've maybe seen it in the life of people who are struggling. Maybe the, the alcoholic might say, well, I can stop if I want to, but they've tried. Or the woman who smokes that wants to quit says, I could quit if I wanted, but has failed over and over again. Or the person who's abusing substances says, I'm not really being controlled by this when really 
it obsessive and take, it takes over their lives and their actions. And the one who's manipulating and stealing and cheating so they can feed that desire probably knows and understands they want to stop, they may want, but they're under sway of that old self. And are these the only addicts? The man who says he wants to stop with his sexual addiction and thinks he can but is never satisfied without it. Are these the only people who we can label as addicts? Those who turn to drugs and pornography and alcohol and substance abuse? What about the father? Who knows he, he can get more money if he just works a little bit more and he's working long hours and he's no longer functioning as a father but simply as a source of income for his family. He addicted to something. Can he stop? He needs to. Or what about the daughter in that family who is constantly and ceaselessly gazing into the mirror, obsessing relentlessly over her appearance? What will she do to feed it? How much will she spend on beauty products and on clothing? What's controlling her? Or the man who says, I can eat healthy if I want to, but finds himself over and over again taking a little bit more dessert. And though he tells himself, I can stop if I want, he doesn't. It seems he can't. The controlling desires of the human heart, the, what Paul calls the old self, drags us into so much turmoil. And it takes obsession in our lives. And what about those who, whether it be a leisurely activity or a hobby, or whatever it might be, decide, you know what, today I'm going to go fishing, golfing, hunting, and they'll spend time and they'll spend money and they'll spend energy on it when they know that they're probably being selfish sometimes and not using their time, their wealth, or their resources to help others, but only to feed that obsession. So what's so bad about a uh, controlling desire that the old self puts over us? We need to see it for the, the real problem it is. See, if, if someone begins to see the controlling desire of the old self as simply something that causes struggles in their relationships, they need to see it's a bigger problem. And if someone's struggling under the weight of an addiction says, well, it's causing strife in my relationships or maybe it's making it hard for me to make ends meet financially, you need to see a, a bigger problem here. If simply one says they're going to quit their controlling habits so that they can get along better with someone else or so their friends will stop pestering them, they fail to see the real cause and real root of the problem. The Apostle Paul says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds on what the flesh desires. The mindset of the sinful flesh is death. These controlling habits and sinful desires which wage war lead to death. The sinful mind brings condemnation from God. All the sinful habits, all the things that we do that we should not do and the things that we fail to do when we want to, that 
sinful old self brings condemnation between us and our God. We have a far bigger problem than the addiction. The addiction is simply a symptom of the root, the sinful self and the heart of sin, which is underneath God and deserving to be condemned to hell. It's God's solution for us. Here, there's more than just the old self for those who are in Christ. The believer, the child of God, yes, does have an old self, but here Paul says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And notice what it says here. God's not telling you, you get a second chance. That your old self can try better, harder and do a little bit better next time. God's not saying a little bit less wrath for those who are in Christ. Nor is God saying that there's maybe a little bit less of a chance that you'll be punished. God is saying very clearly, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that is, those who trust in him. The word here for no condemnation is put forward in the Greek to really emphasize nothing, nada, no condemnation whatsoever. God has given us a full new self of faith in him and his promise. And we trust in his promise saying that we have no condemnation. Seems too good to be true, doesn't it? The apostle Peter once came to Jesus and asked him, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Peter knows that brothers and the faith believers fall back into their sin. They have that sinful heart. Not just the apostle Paul, but all Christians do. Jesus' answer was, not what you say, Peter, not just seven times, but 77, that is limitless times, even if they come back in one day. Because all past sin, all present sin, all future sin, gone. You're free from condemnation. God does not fix the sinner by making the sinner stop sinning or making the sinner do better. It's impossible because the, the sinner, the sinful flesh, it says, cannot please God. It's not able to do so. So here's God's solution. He takes away the guilt and the condemnation off of the sinner. How can this be? What was impossible for us to do, God did. We see for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the sinful flesh. That's the old self. God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Now the key word here is the likeness of flesh. God's son came into this world. But he did not come bearing that old self. He never had, even from birth, never had any sin. Jesus, yes, became truly human. And he looked like on the surface what so many saw as the appearance of one who is fully man. And as one who appeared and lived in the flesh, many assumed that because Jesus appeared fully human and was in the flesh, that he was also like everyone else, that he had committed deceit, and that he too struggled with his own sins and the sinful heart. But Jesus appeared 
in the likeness of human flesh. That is, he took on human flesh, but it was not like ours. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary without sin, and he lived perfectly without the old self, but only the desire to do what was good and right, and that he kept on doing all through his life. And it's this sinless Jesus that we see, Paul says, why he came. He says, God sent his Son in the likeness of human flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. God's Son, Jesus, came. And when he came in the flesh, it was to be an offering for sin. All the condemnation and wrath of God that should have come on our heads put on Jesus. And so God can say to us, there is now no condemnation if you are in Christ because Jesus took it all. For all of us who trust in Christ, there is a new self. That new self is given by God. You, however, are not of the realm of the flesh, but of the Spirit. Indeed, if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Suddenly a strong contrast stands out. And it's not dependent on what we do. It it can't be, but it's on the one who lived for us. And the Spirit of God has changed our hearts to see him who became a sacrifice for us and who now lives to give us new life. See, the, the Spirit of God is God. The Holy Spirit, true God, spoke to the prophets, was there from eternity and at creation. The Spirit of God has spoken by the gospel and given new life in our hearts. And by that Holy Spirit, we have come to hear and to trust in these words. There's no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. God sent his Son. And though it was impossible, all fall short of the glory of God. All are declared free from condemnation in Christ Jesus. The new self. And why did God do this for us? so that we could have new life in Christ and live not according to that old self and not let that be our mindset in our life, but according to the new self given by the Spirit and a new life. And with that new heart of faith, a life of thanksgiving to God, free from sin's condemnation to now live for God. Yes, the the Christian will continue to struggle against sin, But it's not like the addict who decides they're going to go back into that sin and despair. It is the one who knows they're free from guilt and freed from sins, not only condemnation, but free from sin's control. The Spirit of God lives in you. and You have the Spirit of Christ. A strong contrast. The old self is powerless. It can only follow its desires, and it is controlled by those desires of sin. and It leads to death. But the new self is free from condemnation. The new self does not rely on self, but relies on the Holy Spirit. 
we know that where we stand now with our God is in that new self and to live by that new self. You know, that man with the golden voice had what you could say a, a second chance. In fact, I hear now he's hosting a TV show, a reality series called Second Chance. It's all about when people rescued from their previous form of life get to have a second chance at life. But what God has done for us is not to give us a second chance. He has taken that old self with all of its guilt and condemnation and he's removed the guilt from us. And he's given us a new life and his spirit and a new self free from guilt and with a desire to now live for him. The old self peers out of the dark corners of the human heart looking for how it can fulfill its desires and bring death. And every child of God, even though you could say they are those who struggle against the desires to sin, and every child of God is also that new self. And that new self comes from the light shining above and the working of the Holy Spirit. And that new self lives in freedom Christ. That's the contrast that we focus on. We know that our God loves us. Our God has freed us. We live in Him. Amen.